Grace, mercy, and peace are yours from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Welcome to a sermon podcast from Salem Lutheran Church. For more information, please stay tuned at the end of the sermon.
but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. Whoever enters through me will be saved. He will come in and go out and find pasture. A thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. The Gospel of the Lord. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text for consideration is found recorded in the book of Acts, chapter 2, beginning at the 42nd verse. The Gospel writer Luke writes, They continued to hold firmly to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of the bread, and to the prayers. Awe came over every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They were selling their possessions and property and were distributing the proceeds according to what anyone needed. Day after day, with one mind, they were devoted to meeting in the temple area as they continued to break bread in their homes. They shared their food with glad and sincere hearts. As they continued praising God and being viewed favorably by all the people, Day after day, the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. This is the word of the Lord. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ of our risen Lord, would you say that Salem Evangelical Lutheran Church here in Colorado Springs is an ideal church? That's a rather loaded question. And it really calls for speculation. I bet if we send out a number of surveys, I bet we would get back a number of surveys, and probably no two would be alike. Everyone would have their opinion. All it could lead to is just simply agreeing to disagree. So in order to answer the question, whether you're an ideal church, you really have to answer the question, what is an ideal church? In other words, we really need not speculation. We need objective, not opinions. We really need what God says and what God says in his holy word. Because that is more than an opinion. What God says in his word is the absolute truth. And one of the most beautiful examples of, of a church ministry is certainly described for us in these words recorded in Acts chapter 2. Jesus, when he rose from the dead, it would be 40 days after he would ascend back into heaven with the holy command to go make disciples of all nations starting in Jerusalem, go through Judea, Samaria, and go to the ends of the earth with the gospel message of Jesus Christ. Ten days after that, the Holy Spirit came upon the disciples. It was at Pentecost, which was one of the harvest, is, harvest uh, celebrations, and it was also uh, one of the major festivals in the church here. So tons of people were coming from all walks of life and from different cultures and different languages. There weren't just Jews coming together. There were also quite a number of Gentiles coming together. 
And it was here that the Holy Spirit would bless the apostles and the disciples there with the gift to carry out that holy command to go make disciples. And he did, what he blessed them with was the ability to speak in known languages at the time that they didn't learn. They had the ability to witness the gospel in people's own languages immediately. Truly an exciting miracle that took place. But more exciting was the fact that they were preaching and teaching. And Peter, actually, we have recorded his beautiful sermon. And after the sermon, we find that 3,000 were baptized that day. So in one day, the church, which was only a handful of Christian people, was now 3,000, over 3,000 strong. Can you imagine the logistics of all of a sudden 3,000 members all of a sudden in one day? One could easily say that would lead to certainly a nightmare. But it didn't. Not at all. In fact, what we are told is this. They continued to hold firmly to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of the bread, and to the prayers. To hold firmly in the original language, it's a beautiful, beautiful word, sometimes translated perseverance. It is a word that really has two thoughts in it. One is strong and strength, and the other is this enduring, this, this holding tightly and, and, and refusing to let go. So holding strongly and firmly to what? To the teachings of the apostles. And at the heart of the apostles' teaching is the very fact that our risen Lord is the good shepherd. This is the shepherd who gave his life for the sheep. This is the shepherd who rose and conquered death. This is the shepherd who ascended into heaven with the promise that he would return on the last day, taking us and all believers to the glories of heaven. This is the shepherd that has made us, and this is the shepherd that has saved us. So their entire teaching can certainly be summed up by pointing to Jesus Christ, who he is, and all he has done for us. The very gospel message we preach and teach today. For our teachings are founded on the apostles' teaching. And along with it, to the fellowship. They were no doubt gathering together around that word of God for worship as they praised God and gave him all the credit and the glory. And along with that comes the breaking of the bread. Now the breaking of the bread can be understood in two ways. We know that on the way to Emmaus that Jesus broke the bread and then, remember, the two disciples all of a sudden recognized him? Clearly, the breaking of bread there was the breaking of bread in the sense of having a meal. And it's even used that way later when those words are repeated again. But it was oftentimes when they gathered for worship and had a meal that they also included the Lord's Supper. So there are times when the context really points to the breaking of bread as also referring to the Lord's Supper. For remember, Jesus gave bread 
And he broke it and gave it to his disciples and telling them to take eat. Remember, he gave them the cup, which had the wine, and, and he gave it to them and, and said, take drink. We know that we receive, along with that bread and wine, the very body and blood of Christ, because he said, take eat, this is my body, take drink, this is my blood. And we receive it for the forgiveness of sins. At the heart of the Lord's Supper is not the bread and wine. At the heart of the Lord's Supper is the promises connected with it. This is my body, this is my blood. That points to the fact that it was his body and blood that he offered on the cross for the sins of the world. That's why through the Holy Sacrament we receive the forgiveness of sins. For that's the blessing of the cross that we receive. And along with that, prayer. I've always said that prayer is a heart-to-heart -heart talk with God, but over the years, I have started to wonder if more and more people get confused about prayer because they see it always as one-sided. Okay, I talk to God and then we're done. Having a heart-to-heart -heart talk with God is also meaning God speaks to you. He doesn't speak to you simply out of thin air or just some mood you feel when you're praying. No, he speaks to us by the written word, the Holy Bible. So when it comes to prayer, the one thing always connected with prayer, the one thing that must always be connected with prayer is his Holy Word. Listen to the word of the Lord. So one of the pillars that really holds up an ideal church is devotion to the word. Worshiping, preaching it faithfully, teaching it faithfully, administering the sacraments faithfully. This is the pillar that holds up our church. This is the pillar that must hold up our church. Any other pillar, we would fall apart. In fact, any church that does not faithfully preach and teach God's holy word no matter how big and wonderful and great it may seem, will never be an ideal church. For an ideal church is devoted to the word of God. And along with it, brotherly love. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Everything in common. All these people were different. All these people came from different walks of life. These people were raised differently. There were different cultures. There were certainly, you would hear here, that how differences they were and how they had to struggle to overcome some of those differences. How could they have everything in common? Well, there was only one thing that could bring them together in common. The very thread that holds us all together. The apostles' teachings that very message of Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter where we come from. It doesn't matter where we grew up. It doesn't matter what culture, even what language is our birth tongue. What matters is Jesus Christ. See, you and I are brothers and sisters in the faith because of Jesus Christ, who he is and all he has done for us. And they shared that comment being in common. 
and enjoy each other's culture and enjoy the fellowship of getting together and enjoying each other's company. These are not weird people that I need to stay away from. These are brothers and sisters that are members of God's family. And along with it, in common, they join together in the temple area every day. Were they simply going there to worship every day? No, we know as we read on in the book of Acts that they were going every day because they were preaching and teaching. The one thing they had in common as they gathered around the apostles' teachings and that message of Jesus Christ is also sharing it and sharing it with everyone they met. We even know that when they did that, it was the Jewish leaders, the Sanhedrin, that actually pulled Peter and John aside and told them to stop that preaching. And then we have the most beautiful words in all of Scripture where Peter replies, we must obey God rather than men. They could not stop, they would not stop to proclaim that holy name and to do so out of love and out of love for one another. This is a pillar that holds up an ideal church. This is one of the most important pillars. The love for your fellow man. A love that really comes from the love of Christ who loved us first. Motivated, empowered, compassionate. Is, is this love that we do show one another. Because all of us are sinners who need a Savior, and Jesus is that Savior. But how are people going to know that unless we go and tell them? And what a privilege and honor it is to share that holy name in brotherly love with another. And along with brotherly love, generosity. Yes, generosity in giving. We're told this, they were selling their possessions and property and were distributing the proceeds according to what anyone needed. It sounds like communism here. But communism is based on what, what is yours is mine. This is not based on that. This is based on what's mine is yours. They were willing to share. They were willing to give. They were willing to support and help each other, even with the finances, even with property, even with the use of their time and talents. There was no law that they had to do this. There was no command. This was not a burden. They were naturally doing this, doing this motivated by that very love of God as they showed their love to their fellow man and in so doing, as they helped their fellow man. For what they shared with one another, they also shared with those in need. And they did this with glad and sincere hearts. They were naturally holding to the very principle that the Apostle Paul wrote to the Corinthians in his very first letter. He writes, God loves a cheerful giver. Because of this, my dear friends, I have always believed 
that when it comes to preaching about offerings and money and the giving to even the local congregation, I've never felt that it was my place and purpose as a pastor to preach you need to give more. You need to open up your fat wallets. You need to start offering or else. First of all, that only focuses on amount, and the amount is going to be between you and your Lord as you wrestle with your relationship with him. But offerings is not about money. And so I don't feel it's my place to preach more. But it is certainly a pastor's place to preach generosity. For that was exactly how Christ preached it. Because generosity doesn't focus on the amount. It focuses on the heart. And on a believing heart. A heart that gives out of love. And gives out of love for the one who gave his life. And rose again. For our eternal salvation. This is Christian giving. Be generous in what God has blessed you with. As you share it with not just even the local ministry, but the taking care of your children and your family, and even the helping of the poor. Yes, the Apostle Paul even write, in even the paying of our taxes. And we always do so knowing that it is God who provides. It is God who blesses. And thank you, God, for all the blessings we have and blessings we may share with another to his glory. This is one of the foundations of an ideal church. This is one of the most important, along with the other most important pillars that hold up an ideal church. And in the light of all of this, let's not overlook these words. Day after day, the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. It was the Lord who added to their number. Notice it doesn't say how well they were to add to their own number. In fact, they could not add to their own number. They could not even save themselves, let alone trying to save someone else. It is the Holy Spirit who works in our hearts, calling us to faith in the one true faith, the faith founded on Jesus Christ and him crucified. And it is true for us today. I've never saved anyone. I can't even save myself. But all glory be to God who has saved us, who has called us to be his own, and who has won for us that forgiveness of sins and promised that heaven is my home in Christ Jesus alone. It is the Lord who adds to the number. So when it comes to the ministry, we don't simply focus on getting more members. We focus on making disciples, preaching his holy name. In fact, when it comes to making disciples, it means being devoted to the word, being devoted to brotherly love, being devoted to generosity of giving. The pillars of an, of an ideal church. Amen. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding Keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.
Thank you for taking the time to listen to a sermon podcast from Salem Evangelical Lutheran Church. If you have any further questions or would like to learn more about Salem Lutheran and its ministry, please check out our website at www.salemevlutheran.org. Once again, that is www.salemevlutheran.org. May God bless you today and every day.